On today's episode of Locked On Sooners, we're going to talk about the future when Oklahoma is heading to the SEC, some of the matchups we're looking forward to, some we might not be looking forward to, and ultimately, who might be Oklahoma's new Oklahoma State on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to today's episode of Locked on Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Joining me today is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him from 9 to noon on 94.7, The Ref in Norman, and 1400 Sports Talk in Oklahoma City, as well as 1400 Sports Talk app, wherever you get your apps. Uh, Josh, how's it going, man? You excited to talk some Sooners SEC football? Always excited to talk some Sooners SEC football. Doing well. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited to talk some sports. I had a, a bit of a tumble, literally, out of the uh, the doorway on my way to, to the, day job, the day job today. Uh, but it's, it is what it is. Sometimes you don't get off to the best start. It's how you rebound and recover and finish the day that matters. And we're going to finish the day talking about Oklahoma's trip to the SEC, which could happen anytime really in the near future. I mean, the, the reports are that it won't happen until after the 2024 season as the, uh, the TV media rights deal expires the 20, after the 2024 season. But there's always still rumblings that it could happen um, this season. I mean, there's still people that, out, that are out there believing that they could move in 2022. Still a lot of people that think 2023 is, is a realistic uh, opportunity or time to to make that happen but whenever it happens it's going to be a lot of fun and that's what we're here to talk about is what kind of matchups we're looking forward to so let's just start there as you look at the current slate of sec teams with oklahoma and texas who's the team that you're looking forward to playing the most man so many of the schools in the sec are exciting. The renewal of the rivalry versus Texas A&M, again, not a traditional rivalry in the sense of Texas or Oklahoma State, but rivals in the sense that you were in the Big 12 Conference together as long as you were. That's exciting. It wouldn't be at the top of the list for me, but that is an exciting element of this move into the SEC, especially with the direction that Jimbo Fisher has had Texas A&M trending obviously the way that they're recruiting. I think for me, probably the names that first come to mind are just the top teams in the SEC. I mean, you're talking about a program in Georgia that just won a national championship, finally broke through and ended their drought. Alabama has been the pinnacle of college football for well over a decade now. So really those two schools. And then beyond that, a trip to Death Valley, are you kidding me? Versus LSU, who... There's not one Oklahoma fan that is fond of LSU after the way they were treated down uh, at the Sugar Bowl for that national championship all that many years ago. So it's, uh, I mean, take your pick. If you ask me maybe to just pick one of them, I think for me it's Alabama just because of the histories of the two programs and the fact that that's what you're chasing 
right? That's who Oklahoma wants to be is Alabama. So Alabama first, but man, so many other schools after that. I, I could go on and on. I mean, Tennessee, you, you had kind of the seminal moment early in Baker Mayfield's career, came down in Knoxville versus Tennessee. So the list goes on and on and on. There's a lot of really intriguing matchups. If we're not going to – or if the first time that Oklahoma goes to Death Valley, it's not a night game, then the schedulers are doing this whole thing wrong because you, you think of places that are, are legit venues but are at best when they're at night. Texas Tech comes to mind, but in Baton Rouge at night is probably the preeminent night game in the country, I think. Is that, is that overstating it? But how much fun would it be to have a night game in Death Valley? I think that LSU at night is up there for best venue in college football. I think yeah. that most college football fanatics that can be impartial and fair about it, just strictly in terms of an environment, I'm not saying you're necessarily as a road party going to be treated exceptionally well, but from yeah. a viewership standpoint and from strictly an environment standpoint, man, it's tough to top Death Valley at night. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Just And you, you talked about, I mean, there's the, the Tennessee connection now with Josh Heupel. There's the South Carolina connection with, with Shane Beamer, who, even though he was on the previous staff, still a beloved figure in Norman with a lot of the current offensive assistant coaches. So that creates a little bit of intrigue. One, one game that I think is really flying under the radar is Missouri. That's a team in a college that they've had 96 matchups with in their history, and they haven't played since Missouri left for the SEC. But a renewal of that kind of border rivalry. I mean, they weren't ever like traditional rivals, but they had a long history together and they had some years where, you know, it was Missouri. That was the, the team that was standing in their way in the late kind of the Sam Bradford era. You know, they Missouri was a really, really good team when Chase Daniel was the quarterback. And so that to me, that's a really intriguing matchup. Obviously the Arkansas thing with the border as well is going to, is going to be really, really fun. I think going to the swamp is going to be a lot of fun as well. Like, or even just having Florida or Alabama, any of those teams that have been a national title winner over the last two decades coming to Norman is going to be so huge. Like this is what, like this is what Oklahoma really doesn't get by having the red river rivalry game in Dallas. We don't get, and, and Texas doesn't get it either. We don't get that huge game day experience on campus in Norman or in Austin but that's what's going to be coming because every year you're going to be playing at least one of an an Alabama, an Auburn, an LSU, a Georgia, a Florida. And that's pretty huge. Like the fan bases that are going to travel with those teams are going to be incredible. And the media coverage that's going to travel with those teams is going to be huge as well. And it's going to be great for the city. It's going to be great for the city of Norman to have that influx of tourism and, and, economy just for those games alone but the matchups that'll that'll happen at owen field are going to be incredibly exciting to watch and and yeah it's going to be so fun i know we're not completely out of the big 12 yet there's still a lot of fun things to look forward to in the big 12 but man just those sec matchups it's going to be a gauntlet and don't get me wrong it's going to be tough each week but it's still going to be such a fun time once that first schedule comes out to just look at the, the great teams and even the just really good teams that are going to be coming to Norman every week. It has been a gripe at times for Sooner fans that are season 
ticket holders about what the home schedule for Oklahoma has looked like in the years where you didn't have in Ohio State or a Notre Dame or whichever non-conference opponent. Nebraska last season was, of course, awesome because of the history between Oklahoma and Nebraska and what that rivalry was. But Nebraska was and is down. So that part of the non-conference game was disappointing. And then if you don't have that Nebraska or Ohio State game or Notre Dame or take your pick of any of the great non-conference matchups that Joe Castiglione has done a fantastic job providing for the Oklahoma Sooner fan base. If it's the return year on those trips, sometimes of late in this Big 12 conference with the fact that you mentioned right there, OU Texas being played down at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, it wasn't always a super enticing home schedule for a lot of fans. It's hard to get geeked up for Iowa State and Kansas. And with all due respect to Coach Kleinan and Kansas State and what they've been over the years, sometimes a Kansas State home game beyond that, you know, Texas Tech just on down the line through these Big 12 schools and the traveling parties from those schools haven't really been all that great to Norman as of late either okay they were great for Ohio State Notre Dame Nebraska those powerful historic non-conference matchups that we've seen but in terms of the in-conference foes what you mentioned I mean the tourism to Norman the financial boom that it's going to bring to Norman but then just the game day environment that week after week an SEC home schedule is going to bring to Norman is so exciting man and it's a big step up in that regard yeah, and part of the reason we're talking about this is because Red Dirt Sport brought up a really interesting question and posed it on Twitter. We'll talk about that coming up next. And it, it's the thing that spurred this, this idea for talking about the SEC. But I want to talk to you all about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar. It tastes great. It's great for you. They got great flavors. And you can get boxes where you can try one of each flavor, have them shipped directly to your door. You don't have to go to the store. You can get online at uh, built.com. And you can get protein bars sent right to your home. 130 calories, 4 or 5 grams of sugar, 4 or 5 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein, all in a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And it's better for you than a candy bar. So go check it out, built.com, where you can get mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. My personal favorite hits home every single time. It's the peanut butter brownie. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com. And check out some of their other things that they got going on over there as well. They've got like sports type drinks, vitamin drinks in Built Boost. They've got Built Puffs, which are marshmallow-y style protein snacks. Fantastic, again, and great for you. They taste great. Great for you. Make sure you go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. And thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. You can tune in wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Leave us a note. Leave us a comment. Hit a like button and uh, share it with your friends. Let your friends know what you listen to every single day is Locked On Sooners. All right, Josh, this is the question we're going to get into here. Outside of Texas, when OU moves to the SEC, who do you expect to develop a rivalry with? Man, nicely done by you with the graphics work. Who do I expect Oklahoma to develop a rivalry with? I think the natural answer is Alabama. I, I, I do. I think that Oklahoma fans view themselves in that light, in that same tier with an Alabama, with an Ohio State, with uh, the – 
this could ruffle some feathers historically with a USC, right? You, you view, you view yourself in that blue blood category. And so joining a different conference where you do have Alabama, who's been that preeminent force in that conference, that is going to lend itself to a natural rivalry. And I think Alabama fans, when they see the way Oklahoma approaches that game and the type of success, maybe not initially, but I think over time that Oklahoma will be able to have versus Alabama. I don't think OU is going to the SEC to just get punked by Alabama every year. They're not going to be one of those programs in the SEC. Oklahoma will have their fair share of success versus Alabama. And that's what creates a great rivalry, right? Is when it's not completely one-sided when it's in Alabama and in Oklahoma trading blows, trading victories with one another. And I think if you looked at where Oklahoma is going to slot in, if you were to break it down into tiers, you know, you got Alabama in tier one, Georgia, you might be able to put up in, in tier one as well with the recent national championship, but then Oklahoma is right there with Auburn and LSU. I mean, yes, LSU had the historical season back in 2019, but they've fallen off since then. It's not even the same program, the same team. It's, it's completely changed. Now, Brian Kelly could bring that back, bring that success back. But right now they they definitely have to slot into that, that second tier of teams where Oklahoma is right there. And I, I think it's reasonable to think like they're going to be just as dangerous to Alabama's seasons as an Auburn who took Alabama to the brink of a loss uh, at the end of the regular season. Alabama had to go to overtime to beat Auburn, who was really struggling offensively, but they held Alabama in check because of their defense or, you know, a Florida who's been, you know, good at times and been able to, you know, be a spoiler for some of these SEC teams. So they're going to be kind of right there and they're not going to be a pushover for anybody. And even though Alabama's had their number in the playoff games, Oklahoma's played well too. That that game against Kyler Murray or with Kyler Murray against Bama, they started off really slow. If they have a better start in that first quarter, who knows what that game looks like at the end of it because they made a furious comeback. And yeah, it was a 10 point loss, but it was a much different game in that second half when Oklahoma really started to turn it on. So I don't think they're going to be anybody's, you know, stepping stone. I don't think they're going to be anybody's like, Hey, this is our ranked team on the schedule that we're going to beat. And then it's going to put us in a better position for college football playoff. Oklahoma will have their say in the way the, the sec goes as well. And so that's going to be really interesting. The team that I'm, I'm kind of excited about is because I live in pretty close proximity to them. That's Arkansas. Like I'm in Eastern Oklahoma here where I'm at. And that's just an hour 15 away. So making a road trip to Arkansas to Fayetteville to go watch Oklahoma play is going to be like no skin off my teeth whatsoever. And I think just not being from Oklahoma, I'm originally from Texas. I've been in Oklahoma now for much of the last you know decade plus, but I lived in Texas for a long time before that. My wife is from Oklahoma. She's from the town that we live in out in Eastern Oklahoma and the Arkansas, Oklahoma trash talk jokes that go back and forth between one another. It's pretty fun. And I think just having that being a hopefully it's a divisional game and it's one that gets played every single year. It really could help to develop a new border rivalry where they could kind of become the new like Oklahoma state to Oklahoma. You know, they might not be in that same tier of blue blood programs as Oklahoma, but they could they're a, a quality football program that has had their share of success. Uh, maybe not a lot of conference championships and things like that, but they've knocked on the door several times and could be the the new team that Oklahoma has like close relationship with close proximity, 
again, may not reach the same heights as OU Texas or even OU Alabama, but could be in that same kind of uh, sphere of rivalry relationship as maybe Oklahoma State has been. I think it's very much dependent upon if we, if the SEC, when this move happens, if they go to a pod system, if Oklahoma and Arkansas are in that pod together say along with a texas and a missouri then absolutely i think you've got the the bona fide makings of a rivalry happening there because you think about where arkansas is at not where they've been since the infamous motorcycle accident you think about what sam Pittman has been building for the hogs this is a team that all of a sudden just just had its best football season since the petrino era they're recruiting better than they really ever have before, certainly since, uh, you know, the emergence of your 24-7 sports, your on threes, your rival sites of the world where we're really tracking these recruiting rankings closely. This is as well as Arkansas has been positioned in terms of the recruiting rankings. So this is a program that's clearly on the rise. And because of the relationship in terms of being bordering states, if you do get matched up in pods, I'm with you. I I think that's the natural – rival for Oklahoma that will sort of just kind of over time naturally develop. I can tell you having family out in Arkansas, Arkansas fans, no love lost for the Oklahoma Sooners. They've got a deep seated hatred for Texas dating back to the Southwest conference days, but I can tell you they do not like Oklahoma one bit. So it is just waiting on that end to become a rivalry with the Arkansas fan base. And if they're good and they can earn Oklahoma's respect by beating OU on not an every year basis, but on a say three out of 10 years basis, I could see that becoming a serious, serious rivalry and something that outside of just the namesake of Bedlam and the fact that you were in state rivals in terms of football and the respect from the fan base, I can see it eclipsing what Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Bethlehem has been, at least to Oklahoma fans. Not necessarily from the Oklahoma State perspective, but OU fans, that was kind of always a laugher of a rivalry, right? That was the butt of the joke was that, well, can it really be a rivalry? You call it a rivalry. We call it domination. I can see Arkansas developing into something a little bit more than that. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot more pride coming from uh, – sorry, that that was wrong to say – Oklahoma State fans, they have a lot of pride, and they have a lot of pride in their program. But there's just something different about Arkansas. You know, that's a team that won a national championship, albeit a long, long time ago. They still have one, whereas Oklahoma State, they're still searching for their first national championship. Uh, Next, I want to ask you about pods versus divisions because this is a a really interesting question, and it's going to be curious to see how the SEC goes about that. Uh, But first, I want to talk to you about BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, because this is what's coming up in the SEC discussions and how they're going to go about their business, the pod format versus the divisional format. Where do you kind of side on that? Would you like to see two, uh, what will it be, eight-team divisions or four-team four, four team pods? So the 
division's argument if you're trying to keep the SEC championship game, which I would imagine the you know powers that be, Greg Sankey and the SEC offices would very much like to keep that SEC championship game. Not that you couldn't do that with a pod system, but all of a sudden there's more tiebreakers involved and it's just not as cut and dry in that regard. Having said that, and I get it, you've got what with the divisions you've got seven built-in games that you know you're going to play against these teams every single season and then from there you're just adding two or adding three however they would uh, wind up making the entirety of the SEC schedule once they add OU and Texas having said that on the divisions man I am all in on pods I'm team pods I've been team pods from day one I love it I love the idea of having three teams that you know that you're going to play every single season. And then beyond that, you know that you're going to play every other school in football in the SEC every other year. And once every four years, you're hosting them and they're hosting you. To me, one of the things that has worked against the SEC a little bit, at least from the outside, from a Big 12 perspective, looking at it, sometimes not getting to see Alabama and Georgia meet on a regular basis outside of an SEC championship game it just kind of stinks. I didn't like that element about it. And one of the most exciting things for an Oklahoma fan going into this is, okay, look at all these great matchups that you're regularly going to get. Okay. If you do divisions, you've got seven built-in opponents that you're going to see every single year, but then that, you know, SEC East, you're not going to see those guys all that much. So I am all in team pods. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I'm, I'm a team division guy. Cause I think if you, especially if the SEC wanted to get kind of petty and you know you got the alliance between the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12, if the SEC wanted to get kind of petty, they could say, hey, we're going to do our seven divisional games. We'll add two cross-divisional games, which you could rotate through every four years. You'll play everybody and then start and then schedule a group of five for your 11th game on the schedule, or I guess your 10th game. But if you even wanted to go three divisional games or even four you could play and this is kind of where i'm thinking like the sec could just play an all sec schedule play your seven divisional games play four across the division and then have one left over for your fcs school that the sec loves to schedule as your week one opponent or a group of five game just to have another challenging opponent that gets you to 12 you don't need the rest of the country to have a really intriguing football schedule because of what you have in a 16-team SEC. Will they do that? Will they kind of isolate themselves and, and take on this uh, stance of isolationism? I don't think so, but it, it could be one of the ways that they really try to distinguish themselves as a conference. Like, we're going to play each other as much as we possibly can because we feel like this is what sets us up best for the playoff positioning, for poll rankings, um, so I'd, I'd be really intriguing. I'd be really interested to see what their thoughts are going to be on it. I could definitely see a pod system. The only thing that I don't necessarily like about the pods is not, not getting to play certain teams every single year. You know what I mean? Like you'll get to play three teams every single year, but then the rest of the sec will be on a rotating basis and, and it could work and it could still be really, really intriguing. But if we're looking to develop a, a rivalry with Alabama, then we got to play them more than just every two to three years. You know what I mean? Like we got to play him pretty regularly to start building that, that history. Um, but I, I think still it could be very, a very good system. 
And it's going to create a lot of intriguing matchups, no matter who you have on the schedule, because again, you're going to get seven to eight SEC games on your schedule that now you're going to have a Vanderbilt here and there, Mississippi state, an Ole Miss, uh, you know, a Kentucky, although Kentucky is kind of on the rise as well. You're going to have some games that aren't very intriguing. That's just going to happen. We, we got Kansas and we got West Virginia in the big 12, but there's going to be far more games that are intriguing and kind of outweigh some of the, the lackluster opponents that you'll face uh, in, in your given season against whatever pod you get matched up with that year. And I know it was a rivalry game and you mentioned this earlier, but Auburn had a terrible season last year and look what they almost did to Alabama LSU very very disappointing 2021 season look at the way that they pushed Alabama I mean those are the bottom teams in the SEC so if those are the games that you're pointing to and you're saying oh man we have to play Auburn or LSU this week well that's that's not the oh no we've got to play Texas Tech this week game that you've had in the Big 12 in years past that is a six and six team, a five and seven team at times, seven and five team finishing up at times that if you don't bring it on that given Saturday, heck yeah, that team can beat you. I, I want to touch on something you mentioned about the divisions, which, you know, really I hadn't honestly considered. And, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily, I, I don't know that it's a realistic thing that's going to happen though Greg Sankey in the SEC has shown us that they're ready to be forward thinking by bringing Oklahoma and Texas in alone and expanding out to 16 teams that's forward thinking enough right the idea though that they're going to play essentially strictly and only SEC schedule I'll be totally honest that thought hadn't even crossed my mind and if you're throwing that caveat to me with the divisions okay baby I'm all in on divisions at that point but without that, to me, the pod system is more attractive just because you do get to see everybody once every two years and, again, get to host everybody once every four years. I don't think the SEC would do that with the division setup where they end up stretching it out to where you would play 10 or 11 conference games. But if they do that, then, wow, you're talking about the SEC making a massive departure in college football. Essentially, it would have gone to an NFL-type schedule uh, away from what we've seen in years past in college football, where you do have three or four of those cream puff type games, and maybe you mix in one great non-conference opponent, but by and large, those non-conference games aren't all that tasty. You'd only be playing SEC games, and oh, by the way, that television contract that Navigate recently already projected by 2029 to reach upwards of $100 million. John, if they're playing that many SEC games, that $100 million figure is going to be wrong. It's going to be higher than that. Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be a motivation, you know, especially with those schools. Like, if they're saying that we can get eleven games, you know, or sorry, yeah, eleven games, your seven divisional opponents, and then you split the other division, you play four one year, or you do a home and home for two years with four, and then the next two years after that, another home and home with those next four. I mean, eleven games—that's all within your conference. That's keeping all the money in conference. You're not having to share that money with an out-of-conference, you know, Pac-12 opponent or Big Ten opponent. And it it helps to just put more of your product on TV every single week, even if it's just within the SEC. Now, it again, it gets a little bit isolationist a little bit. But, I mean, if the SEC is really looking to kind of create more of a power vacuum that they already have, potentially that could be really, really interesting and really intriguing because 
I mean, we could we could create a, a mock schedule of this, but if Oklahoma's in, say, the SEC West, they'd play Texas, LSU, Arkansas, uh, Alabama, and then I think the two Mississippi schools, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Like those are your seven teams that you play every year. And then the next, and then say you get four more on your schedule. Say it's like Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, Tennessee and Georgia, Georgia, like. What man, that is a baller of a schedule. I mean, it's tough. It's going to be murderer's row. But, I mean, how incredibly fun is would that be, especially if they go to an expanded playoff where it's 12 teams and the SEC could realistically get three teams into an expanded playoff if they get the conference champion and then potentially two at-large bids. If you look at the top 12 rankings for much of the last five, six years – more often than not, you'll see three SEC teams in the top 12, and a lot of years you'll see four. And so like going to an all-SEC schedule in an expanded playoff system, it doesn't hurt them to play only in the SEC. Even if you have two or three losses, you could still potentially position yourself for a playoff spot. You might be the 12th team in the playoff, but you could still get in, especially if your strength of schedule is that high because you're playing – arguably the best conference in football with a lot of like, especially upper, like really good teams at the top. You know, that first six is really good. If you're playing half of those every year and even like one or two of the next three or four, that's a really salty schedule and it's going to help bump you up. Even if you do end up with two losses, maybe three losses. I don't know. I'm more, I I think it's going to, I think it could be a lot of fun. And I don't know if Greg Sankey thinks that way or the sec teams think it that way, but 11 games against the SEC, one against, if you're Oklahoma, Tulsa. Maybe you just make Tulsa your, your 12th game every year, and you just create that little uh, little rivalry, not rivalry, but you create that little matchup that creates a little in-state intrigue each year. And I don't know, that could be a lot of fun for me. Well, and I think you could still, under that scenario, give SEC schools the freedom to schedule whoever they want. If South mm-hmm. Carolina wants to play Clemson in that one extra game – then, hey, by all means, play Clemson. If there's, you know, an agreement on both sides and some hurt feelings get repaired, if Oklahoma wants to play Bedlam in its 12th game, then play Bedlam in your 12th game. If Oklahoma would rather schedule, say, like they have the upcoming trip coming to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then obviously Michigan coming to Norman, Oklahoma, if you want to play that game as your non-conference game, then have at it. You're talking about that's really the direction I want college football to arrive in, to eliminate some of these games versus with all due respect, some of the Tulsa's of the world. I I would like to see more power five games against power five programs. I just, that's just me. I know that though, that's the financial lifeblood for a lot of those programs is that, that pay game versus an Oklahoma or Alabama or you name it. But uh, that's interesting. I hadn't hadn't really explored that option with divisions. I still think it's unlikely that yeah. even as forward thinking as Sankey and the SEC has been, that they're willing to really take that leap of faith. But if they do, then all of a sudden you're looking at a college football world that will dramatically, dramatically change. Oh, yeah. It would create World War or college football war one, you know, where – if the SEC makes that kind of move and decides to schedule mostly against themselves, it it would create another round of realignment where then the other, you know, power five conferences feel like they got to get to 16 to kind of match that and then have similar style schedules. But I, again, I, I do agree that it's probably unlikely 
but man, it'd be so fun. It'd be so much fun. Anyway, but that's going to do it for Locked On Sooners. Let us know how you feel. Would you like to see a divisional system, a pod system? Who's going to be Oklahoma's new Oklahoma State? Who's going to be their new kind of like secondary rival like Oklahoma State is to Texas? Uh, who's the team that you're most looking forward to, to matching up against? Let us know on Locked On Sooners on Twitter, Locked On Sooners uh, podcast on Facebook. Let us know on the YouTube comments as well. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you next time. Boomer Sooner.